the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour, 5 p.m., as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. I've shared with you before my experiences in India. I always found it fascinating to go into a Hindu temple for the very first time. And there's much pomp and circumstance, and you're required to take your shoes off and so on and so forth. And if you've never been in one, it's fascinating because a Hindu temple, at least the ones that we visited, was not a single altar to one god, but in fact it is a an almost large courtyard-like affair with multiple altars to multiple gods. Within the, the deist system of Hinduism, there's 33 million different gods. And it's amazing as you watch the priests that will do songs and incantations and writhe about on the floor and cover themselves in paint and in ashes and and go through all these machinations in an effort to try and reach out to God or a God to try to get that God's attention, to try to get that God's appeasement. And it really is heartbreaking from a Christian perspective to walk through there and see all of this. And you can you can sense about you demonic presence all around and the depravity of man and it's heartbreaking because all of this effort that goes forward and try to reach up to God and somehow connect with him and appease him and yet we know from the story of the Bible that in reality God came down In fact, God came down in such a fashion that he came down to get his hands dirty. We're joined now by Johnny Moore, who coincidentally is a pastor, advisor, professor of religion, and vice president of prestigious Liberty University, and author of a new book whose title initially was slightly off-putting to me. And then when I got into the book, I realized, wow, this really spells it out. His new book is called Dirty God, Jesus in the Trenches, newly published by our friends at Thomas Nelson. And uh, Johnny, great to have you on the program tonight. Thanks. I'm really glad to be with you. Your book is an interesting one because it paints a picture. You know, people sometimes talk about cheap grace and so forth. It, it, it paints a picture of the idea that in every respect, really and truly, God God came down, and as he did so, he he, he rolled up his sleeves and got his hands dirty, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and and in so doing, Jesus busted through this concophony of praise from every religion in the world, every idea of God in all of human history, 
that has been solely about man doing everything he can to get God's attention. And this Jesus, this dirty God, as I, as I called him in the book, decided that he was going to come down to planet Earth, and he was going to come after us, despite the fact that we had made this mess. He invited himself into the mess that we made. He got dirty, and he gave us the opportunity to become clean again. So that's why I, I called the book Dirty God. I wanted to reflect on the, on the real beauty and transcendence of the grace of Jesus Christ. In our fallen nature, all of this is counterintuitive, isn't it? You know, it is. It, it's, you know, not natural that, that uh, you know, it, we, we aren't to other people the way God is to us in Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, we, we hold people accountable and we hold grudges. And in, in the face of justice, God is just, but what he is is he's also a God, a God of grace. And so he wrote a story that has been the plot of every novel of any success and every movie that we watch, you know, everything through all of history is the same plot, this plot of redemption over and over. It's grace, and grace is gotten, and grace is given, and Jesus is the picture of that. And I think it's time we resurrect the image of this of this idea of Jesus, the God who got dirty so the world could get clean. You know, we oftentimes will hear the picture of of grace as one that sort of paints God as being weak, that God is sort of capitulating to mankind. Well, if you can't live and abide by my laws and within the rules and regulations that I set forth, you know, even from the beginning, it wasn't a very long list. There weren't Ten Commandments. There was just one. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we couldn't even manage one, let alone the ten that we were given through Moses. And so now the idea that God would say, okay... I'm going to come up with yet another plan, and it, it ultimately kind of in the perspective of some, suggesting that, that it made God seem weak, but yet in your new book, Dirty God, you, you wonderfully paint the picture that, in fact, uh, the notion, as we said before, of God getting his hands dirty by coming down and taking on the form of mankind is anything but a sign of weakness. Yeah, you know, the, the, the easy thing to do would have been just to give us what we deserve. I mean, we were the ones that turned our, our back on God. But what did he do? I mean, this is this is the God who made everything. I mean, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the heir of all things. He spoke the whole world into existence. I mean, we cannot begin to fathom the wealth and the influence and the power of God. I mean, we can't even get that in our head. And yet here's God, Jesus, being born in a manger, living his first night in a feeding trough, the press release is sent to shepherds. I mean, he doesn't even have a place to put his head. He grows up in a village of 400 people called, called Nazareth, and eventually, when he starts finally preaching this gospel that he's brought to the earth, what do they do? They run him out of his own village, his own friends and family. They run him out of his own village and try to throw him off of a cliff. I mean, this grace that God has given us through Jesus Christ, I mean, it, it took God's strength. Not, it's not a, a demonstration of weakness. It's a demonstration of a God that could suppress what we deserve in order to give us a second chance. And that's what he's been doing all through history. You know, my, my book, Dirty God, is really a book about the kindness of God, the kindness of God given to, the, to us as recipients of grace, and the kindness of God that we have the opportunity to give to others as distributors of it. And it's it is... A story. It is at so many levels so uncomprehensible, because I think we all have an idea about 
things that uh, that presidents or, or, or kings do or don't do. I mean, for example, the, the president does not drive himself anywhere. He has a security detail and a chauffeur. The president doesn't go into the kitchen and uh, start pulling things out of the refrigerator and cook his own meals. He has a chef that does all of that. Uh, there are so many things that kings don't do. And yet all of a sudden we find this image of the king of kings, coming down and doing things that we would never expect him to do. Yeah, and the people he hung out with. I mean, mm-hmm. I think this is one of the most fascinating stories about, about Jesus, is that he chose these disciples. I mean, he, he chose these people. And you look at their stories. And, you know, you, you, Peter, who's, who's, you know, who speaks before he thinks, and he's rough around the edges. You've got Doubting Thomas, who's, who's you know, clearly like a pessimist. You've got James and John, and, and you've got you know, the Sons of Thunder. They called them. You've got all of these different personality types. These people always making mistakes. Jesus gets tired of them eventually and says, "Why are you being so dull? Why don't you just catch up, you know, with me?" And and I think that's part of the the beauty of the story. I mean, Jesus came and he could have come as as a king. I mean, he could have, he could have done it that way. He he could have gone to Jerusalem or Rome, but instead he goes to Bethlehem and Nazareth and Capernaum, and he doesn't pick the best and brightest. He picks people that are a lot like us, mm. and, and I think that's the amazing thing about all of this. I mean, he comes, Jesus arrives in a culture where Greco-Roman gods were known for their perfection in their temples. I mean, even their physical physiques were perfect. And Jesus arrives as a god that looks a little more like men, like everyday people, on the chance that everyday people, like the people listening right now, will feel that God cares about them and he does that's the image of jesus the dirty god and what a what a poignant way in which to to get that point across i mean you, you as you were talking about the picture of the disciples and this 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 ragtag group most of whom most most decent fathers uh that care about their daughters would 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 hardly allow your daughter to <laughs> date any of these guys <laughs> let alone look at this group and say as very god himself, I have selected you to take my message of reconciliation and restitution and forgiveness to an entire world. It just defies logic at every level, and I guess it's because at the end, it, 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 it most necess- necessarily takes every aspect of man out of this equation. I mean, the whole key of grace is this, the unmerited favor that God has shown toward us that no man should be able to boast in any of this process. And it really, it really I guess, at the end of the day, defies our understanding, doesn't it? It, it, it sure does, and what it shows us is that God saw in these disciples, you know, Jesus saw in, in these followers of his what they didn't see in themselves. He didn't see them where they were. He, he saw where they could be, and he, he both preserved their personalities, but he also redeemed their personalities. And you see how he used the characteristics of these, these people in the, in the story of Christianity, you know, when you read it through the Bible. Now, one of the things that really believe the Church needs to do is resurrect the, the human side of Jesus. You know, we, the, the Church believes and has believed for, for centuries that Jesus was fully God, He was fully divine, and He was fully human. And it's through the human side of Jesus interacting with these people that we understand how grace plays itself out in everyday life. And what we discover very quickly is that the least likely people are the people that God uses in the most profound way 
in his story of bringing redemption to the earth. I mean, probably the person listening even to our conversation now, it feels like they're the person least likely to be used by God to do something is maybe the most likely person, because, because our God is a God who takes joy in giving grace to people and using them in ways they can't believe. So the doubting apostles, you know, Peter, who denies Jesus three times, ends up becoming the apostle that Jesus allows to preach the Pentecost sermon when thousands of people put their faith in him. So not, not only using not, where we are. not not only using the the least likely individuals, but but just as importantly, and and I'll have you go into detail on this, Johnny, after the break to to help illustrate. God's willingness to to literally come down and get his hands dirty, and that is to reach out and touch into the lives of those that even other men would not do. There's a wonderful, I, I mentioned earlier about India, there's a wonderful illustration that you share at the, the start of the book, Dirty God, Jesus in the Trenches, out of India, which parallels the story we see in Mark chapter 1, and we'll get to that aspect of our conversation. With us today, Pastor, Advisor, Professor of Religion, Vice President of Liberty University, he is Johnny Moore. We're talking about Dirty God, Jesus in the Trenches, newly published by Thomas Nelson, available at bookstores throughout the Bay Area, as well as through, of course, uh, uh, Amazon.com. You can also get more information on Johnny's website at Johnny, J-O-N-N-I-E, Johnny Moore, with an E at the end there as well, dot O-R-G. Back to more of our conversation in a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And back to our conversation. Johnny Moore is with us tonight. He is author of Dirty God, Jesus in the Trenches, also serves as Vice President of Liberty University. You start the book out, and I, and I think it sets up a wonderful illustration um, of the whole scene going on in Mark 1 and 41. And, and I think it wonderfully helps us better understand, and, and maybe you can kind of bring this into the modern day, if you would, Johnny, just how significant it was as Jesus interacted with the leper. You know, we, we don't really understand this in our, our modern time, because we, and particularly in the United States, I mean, we don't have these kinds of fear-inducing uh, diseases and to the degree that it was in the, in the first century. But um, in the first century, I mean, when, when someone had leprosy, when they arrived inside of a town, if they even came into a town, they had to carry a bell with them, and they had to ring the bell. They had to announce themselves as a leper. I mean, if you saw a leper at the end of the road, you would go grabbing your kids and run to the other direction. And so can you imagine when Jesus, in this like show-stopping moment, decides that the lepers are the people he cares about. The lepers are the people that he wants to go extend his grace and his mercy to. I mean, Jesus goes and hangs out with lepers. In fact, there's this wonderful story that everybody's all, all heard about where, where, the, uh, where Mary is washing Jesus' feet with her hair. But what people don't realize very often is that story took place in the home of a guy named Simon the leper. And I think this is a wonderful demonstration of the, of the attitude that Jesus had when he came down to planet Earth. I mean, he was after those that society had rejected. He was after those that were on the, on the fringes of society. And it wasn't to the exclusion of others. I mean, he, he came for everyone. But the show-stopping moments in the Gospel, if 
you read them within their cultural context, is when Jesus goes to the people that no one wanted to talk to and no one cared about. Jesus knew what it was like to be rejected. He was rejected because of this message, but he reached to the rejected ones with grace and mercy and the gospel. And can you imagine that hopeless leper when finally they were healed for the power of God? I mean, this was an amazing, amazing moment. It's no wonder Jesus became quickly famous. I mean, he was the God that went and spent time with those that no one cared to spend time with. You know, it's interesting. We we see many images in world religions of men who would be as gods. I don't know what that this is the singular case of a god that would be as a man. I guess it is. I mean, this this, this Jesus story is unique in all, all of religious history. I mean, I, I talk a lot in the book about um, my my work around the world. I, I, I have degrees in religion. I teach religion. I, I travel quite a bit, and I, I've been to the largest mosque in South Asia, and I've sat in the Dalai Lama's temple in this village he lives in in northwest India. I've, I've been to the holiest Hindu and Buddhist places in, in, in South Southeast Asia. I've studied all of these religions, and the one story of everyone that's following a different path is they're trying to get God to pay attention to them. They're ringing their bells as they go into the Hindu temples, the Sikhs have their five caves, and the Muslims have their five pillars, and the Buddhists are meditating, and everyone is trying so hard to get God to pay attention to them. But when God named Jesus came down the planet Earth, he announced one of his names as Emmanuel. It was God with us. And where every other religious idea in history seems to be a long road that leads to a door of good works and trying harder to get God to pay attention to them, the story of Jesus is a door that leads to a long road. The way to Jesus is an easy path, because Jesus isn't the God that dropped the, letter for, the ladder from heaven for us to climb up. Jesus is the God that dropped the ladder from heaven for him to climb down to grab us and take us back with him. And as you point out, in so many cases of world religions, it's about either not calling attention to yourself, certainly uh, big within Hinduism, I mean, in in some cases, in some Hindu sects, uh, to even compliment um, how beautiful the child might be is looked on with, with, with great fear and embarrassment, at least that you draw the ire of a jealous God. And so the notion of trying to appease or avoid God uh, and his wrath in so many ways is is inherent to all virtually every major world religion and yet here is one where it's not a matter of what we need to do for God but rather what God has done for us that as scripture reminds us while we were yet sinners Christ came to die for us that through that substitutionary work on the cross we might be able to find forgiveness and reconciliation and then restoration of a relationship with the very creator of the universe. It's a fascinating read, and I think one that brings great perspective on this topic. Even though perhaps the title you might go, wait a minute, uh, it is true in many hands. Uh, it's amazing to see that God came down to get his hands dirty. The book called Dirty God, Jesus in the Trenches, again, newly published by Thomas Nelson, available through Amazon.com, bookstores around the Bay Area, and of course, through Johnny's website at johnnymore.org. That's J-O-N-N-I-E. M-O-O-R-E dot O-R-G. Johnny, it's been a delight and an education to have you with us today. We'll hope to visit with you again soon. Thanks. My, my pleasure. God bless you. God bless you, brother. There's Johnny Moore again, Vice President of Liberty University.
Dirty God, Jesus in the Trenches. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. When you head down on a Saturday morning to get the oil changed in your car, you probably don't need to know the business philosophy or the heartbeat that drives the shop owner's reason for being in the oil change business. They change the oil, the car is happy, you're happier on your way, right? But when it comes to the single largest and often scariest purchase you'll ever make in your life... Well, that often requires a commitment from you for the next 15, 20, often 30 years. You'd sort of like to know what kind of people you're doing business with, what their experience is, and their level of commitment to customer service and customer satisfaction. If you own a home or contemplate buying one, you know how intimidating the entire process can be, and you understand, too, that it's not just finding the right home and the right location for the kids and school and all of that, but then it's qualifying for the mortgage. And not every mortgage is exactly the same. So making sure that you've got the right home is the first step. Making sure you've got the right loan is the second one, because oftentimes that loan is going to be with you for the entirety of the time you live in that house. We're delighted to have joined us today from United Faith Mortgage, Ryan Varaka, and we've invited Ryan to come on and just talk a bit about the things that are unique about the variety of services offered to help you buy a home or refinance a home through United Faith Mortgage. And Ryan, great to have you with us. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, I guess a lot of folks that's true. I mean, if you go into the local donut shop and you you know you you pick up a dozen donuts to take to work, you're not spending a lot of time asking the proprietor. So, how long are you in the baking business? And you know, <laughs> tell me how many people <laughs> reject your donuts. But when it comes to things as important as purchasing a home or refinancing a home, boy, a lot of folks that have already had the experience of being on that side of the equation and maybe even had some bad experiences, they understand just how frightening this entire process can be. You know, you could not be more correct. Um, You know, I've been doing this now for about 17 years. That's when I first started working with my father. And with all the experience I have, the mortgage industry is ever-changing. So I could only imagine for someone like me who's been in the business for 17 years with constant changes and having to keep up, how scared someone might be that they're purchasing their first home or maybe they're refinancing their home, but it's their first time doing so, how scared and nervous they might be uh, considering it's their first time. So my main thing is I just, I really like to hold everybody's hand throughout the entire process, whether purchasing a new home, refinancing, letting them know. Um, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and most importantly, just keeping them as comfortable as possible. And I think that's so critically important because this is a complicated process. Some people feel like they're really, their entire financial life is under a microscope. You're waiting for the FBI to come in and <laughs> do a background check on you, you know? And And so having somebody that can say, hey, We've got this handled. We're going to guide you through step by step, and we're going to carry the bulk of the burden and the weight of getting this process through uh, from start to finish and to funding of the home. What a welcome relief that is. And I think one of the things, and I want you to speak to this, because United Faith Mortgage is not just your typical 
mortgage company. You're not just the typical lender out there. And, and folks that have maybe tried to get a loan through some of the big banks know that that experience can not only be intimidating, as we've delineated, but you can also feel like you're just a number. And they want to get you in. They want to get you out. They don't have time for you. It's almost as if you're a bit of a bother. So what in that regard, in that particular arena, Ryan, really sets United Faith Mortgage apart from that very big bank and personal feeling? Well, you know, I'm so glad you brought this up because that is one of the biggest things. I mean, listen, mortgage companies are a dime a dozen. However, I think what separates United Faith Mortgage apart, a couple of things, really. Um, The biggest thing for me personally, we are a small family team within a large bank. So we have that personal and friendly care, if you will, so, for instance, when you call in for the first time, you're actually going to end up speaking with my mother, Denise, or my aunt, Barbara. Um, 99% of the phone calls that come into us, you'll be speaking with them first directly. So right off the bat, you're getting that, that intimate, personal feeling. Um, and then it gets handed off to someone on our team, whether it be myself or somebody else. I mean, my brother works here. My uncle works here. Um, you know, and you might be speaking with them again or myself. But right from the get-go, I think you'll, you'll see a difference there, that you'll get that personal touch, and you are not another number, um, and not just something we're looking to get closed and forget about you. We look to build lifelong relationships even long after the loan has been closed. So that's really the biggest thing. Um, but I just want to touch back also that we are a small team within a large bank. So we have a very big power backing and a direct lender advantage which that allows us to, we make all of our own decisions within our own walls. So there's no overlays and things like that. It makes life a lot easier for the consumer. So not only is there that, that family feeling, that personal touch, you're not a number, you're a, you're a human being, um, you will and the team walk people through the process, demystify things, do the hand-holding during the, you know, the nervous moments, you know, we're about to close, we're funding all of this, and, and people, you know, even though most loans go through pretty easily, nevertheless, that's the time when people tend to get very, very nervous. So the personalized approach is fantastic, but I want to circle back to something else that you mentioned, because some people equate personal and and sort of that one-on-one family-type feeling with kind of a mom-and-pop hole-in-the-wall organization. That is not all indicative of United Faith Mortgage. In fact, you're kind of like the gentle bear in the room in the sense that because you have the direct lending arm, uh, that does a couple of things. Number one, that means that oftentimes for people that maybe have a little bit of a challenge, uh, you're able to work with them in ways that oftentimes the big banks just can't work or bend. Secondarily, um, you're able to cut through a lot of the red tape and the time hassle, move things along quickly, and gee, for anybody that's ever bought a home and there's some contingencies, you've put in notice on your current home or your house is being sold, you're moving into your new one, timing can often be such a delicate issue here. And the ability to be a direct lender really makes a huge difference in that arena, doesn't it? Oh, such a tremendous difference. I mean, you know what it is? Our underwriting department, who's going to be reviewing the file and essentially signing off on it, they're right down the hall. So if I have an issue on somebody's loan, you know, every, every loan doesn't go through, you know, one, two, three. Sometimes issues do arise that you don't expect, but we like to work through the problem. 
And having that big direct lender advantage, as well as having my underwriters and the owner of our bank right down the hall that I can go down to and speak with, typically we're able to get any issues or problems that arise solved immediately. Um, and by, with a small family team, the personal touch that we're talking about, we always like to equate that to, to kind of like a limo service type care. Uh, in other words, you know, you get in the limo, you know, you tell us where to go, we'll roll we'll that window and get you where you need to be. But obviously, if you need anything, just give us a shout. We're right there. And I want to contrast that with a personal experience of mine that, that's that's fairly recent. So in the last uh, eight, ten months here, I did a refinance on my own home, and I went to um, a, a local financing location that I had a relationship with, and I thought, this will be easy. It's a credit union. They know me. Uh, this should just fly through. Oh, my goodness, Ryan. Uh, The number of telephone calls, and I would call the bank to get an update, and who are you again? (laughs) And then any time that there was a question, it was, well, we're waiting to hear back. Their their underwriting department was located in Las Vegas, and I can only guess that most of them must have been gambling most of the time, because every time an issue would come up, they say, well, we've got to check with Las Vegas on that, and we'll get back to you. And a day became two, became three, became four. This process got drug out so long that it was nearly three months before it finally got put to bed. And the irony was there was there was nothing complicated about this. It wasn't as if I came in with, you know, a credit score of 200, nothing of that sort. It's just I got myself, unfortunately, into that, that big behemoth impersonal atmosphere, and I was just another number to them. Yes, that is typically the case, unfortunately, when you deal with some of those larger companies. Um, and that is one thing um, to hit on that I want to hit on is that we really, really pride ourselves here at United Faith Mortgage to, if you give us a phone call, we're going to call you back. If we're not available, I promise you, you will get a phone call back that day. We'll email you back, whatever it is, but you'll always get the person you're dealing with from start to finish throughout the entire process. We're a team here, so, I mean, you, you know, you can speak with somebody else on the team, but if you're working with me directly, I will be the one getting back to you on a day-to-day basis. You'll never feel like you don't know what's going on. You know, what's, when, when am I going to be closing? You know, do they need anything else? You'll never feel that way because, again, I can, you know, again, I, I can sound like a broken record, but I can't stress enough that I want to hold your hand throughout the entire process. You, the consumer, being comfortable and understanding everything that's happening is most important to us. If you've just joined our conversation, we're visiting with Ryan Verica from United Faith Mortgage. We'll take a brief time out. We'll talk more about the ins and outs and what you need to know to successfully buy a home or refinance as our conversation continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the program. We are visiting today in this segment of Lifeline with Ryan Verica with United Faith Mortgage. By the way, if we've piqued your interest and you're somebody that is in the process of thinking of buying a home and certainly making sure that your funding is going to be in place is is really job one in many respects, why don't you give them a call today, get more information. Easy to reach out. Simply hop online to unitedfaithmortgage.com. That's unitedfaithmortgage.com. I'm interested too, Ryan, in the sense that in addition to doing traditional loans, um, certainly refinancing uh, these days with a recent uh, down-click 
in the um, the overnight lending rate. There may be folks that have some older uh, fixed rate mortgages or even a variable rate mortgage that they sort of use to enter in uh, to the ownership of that home with that might be a high time to take a look at refinancing that. But another arena is VA loans that can be a little bit complicated and not every mortgage lender really understands many of the benefits available to veterans. Yes, that is a very, very big benefit. Um, you know, we first off, we want to take care of our veterans, obviously, uh, for many reasons. Um, but we are very familiar with VA loans. It's a little bit, I don't want to say more strenuous. Maybe there's a couple more hoops to jump through, but nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and if you are a veteran, I have to tell you, there are some really, really great programs for you out there. Um, things that you can't get done on any other type of loan. Um, for instance, you can do 100% financing on a purchase transaction, um, and there's no none of that pesky PMI that everybody hears about when you put down less than 20%. So it's not just that. There's many benefits on a refinance loan, um, but it's just it's something we deal with every day, and I could not be happier to be a part of that. Big part of the process, of course, for anybody that's familiar with it, when you go to buy a home or even refinance a home, and that is the bank wants to know what's it worth. Uh, you know, is it a shell on the outside, and uh, you've stripped all the walls down to you know the sheetrock on the inside, <laughs> or what's the deal here? So um, lenders require an appraisal, and those appraisal fees, particularly in a market like the San Francisco Bay Area, can be quite hefty. I understand that United Faith Mortgage is offering listeners right now a very special deal. Yes. So anybody that is a radio listener, we are offering a promotion right now where we will, we will cover the first $500 of your appraisal fee. Wow. Now, typically, the appraisal fees are right around that 500 maybe a little bit more, but without a doubt, that first 500 will be covered by us. And I do want to add to that, that, and I get this question a lot, which is why I wanted to hit on it, is... Even if you give us a phone call and we get the appraisal done and we lay out the $500 for the appraisal for you, and for some reason we cannot get the loan done or you don't want to move forward, you're not responsible to pay us back. That's just something that we want to do to give back. Wow, that's very cool. I don't think I've ever heard a lender say that. <laughs> Probably not. Nobody is like, well, we're sorry about that, but that's on you, and uh, good luck with that. <laughs> so, again, for, for listeners, I want to just clarify there then. So this very cool thing that United Faith Mortgage is offering is they pay the first $500 of your appraisal fees. And, uh, you know, normally here in the Bay Area, that pretty much covers it all. You know, if your appraisal fee is five twenty-five and, and you get $500 of that back, wow, that's a good deal. So that's money that you do not then have to pay out of pocket up front. And so what a great offer that is right now. And check it out. Get more information online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. That's unitedfaithmortgage.com. And, you know, one of the things that we've discussed, Ryan, is I love that family-friendly feeling, that fact that you get a return telephone call, that you're not being passed around like just, you know, a portfolio and a number. There's that sense of personal touch. And, and sometimes I would imagine that some of your customers – they're going through personal challenges at the same time. A lot of people, a home purchase, again, is a, is a scary thing. But what happens when you're doing this because, gee, you're, you've, you've had to downsize. There's maybe been a loss in the family or there's been a financial emergency. You've needed to refinance to take some money out. So there may be other things going on in life that kind of kind of make this even more complicated. And to know that there's somebody on the other end that cares, and it should not be lost on listeners, that United Faith, you have specifically targeted doing most of your 
your advertising on Christian radio stations like this one um, here across the region, that there's a real heartbeat behind that. Yes. I mean, faith and family is at our core. Um, I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, and one thing I did want to bring up, you know, people are going through hardships. They're having a hard time, whether it is financially, um, maybe they were late on some bills and whatnot. I do want to get this point out there that, you know, we're, we can't work miracles, not on every single file. However, one thing we love to do, because we want to help, if we are unable to get your loan done, whether it's a purchase or a refinance, what I like to do is explain to you what needs to be done so you can do something in the future. So if we see right off the bat that we're unable to do something, don't think you won't get a phone call back. We certainly will call you back, and we're going to explain what the issues were, what the concerns were, and then we're going to try to help you so that in the future, whether it's a month, two months, six months, or a year down the road, you can buy that home of your dreams. You can refinance the home and save some money. So it's, it's something that um, we really work hard to do. We want to make sure we get back to everybody and just you know, let them know, you know what we can do, what we can't do, and how we can help. One of the mistakes I hear that, that is made with some frequency is the notion that a, a couple, for example, that's looking, the, the family's expanding, so they need some more room. They go out. They start shopping around. Um, they get into contract negotiations. They put an offer down on the house and then f- suddenly find out, uh-oh, uh, there's more house than they have money. Does United Faith Mortgage offer the ability for folks to be pre-qualified so that you can go in with a sense already before you start the house hunting process of exactly what your budget will be able to afford? Yes. So we will issue a pre-approval. We will uh, review you know, all of your income documentation. We're going to review your credit and whatnot and issue a pre-approval. Now, we can actually, we have a program that we take that a step further. Um, because it is a tough market out there. You know, buying a home, it's a seller's market, um, so there's a lot of competition when you're trying to buy a home. But what we do is we actually take all of your documentation and act and submit it into our underwriting department for a full review. So you'll actually get a loan approval on a property that you haven't even found yet. So it's on a TBD property, but now when you go to make an offer on a home, it's almost like that golden ticket. You say, I'm already approved. I just need the home. That goes such a long way, and it's a great program that we introduced um, probably a few months back, but it's, it's done wonders. Wow. And, you know, what, what a leg up, particularly, as you say, in a housing market that is as competitive as, say, the San Francisco Bay region is, where it's not unusual sometimes for um, a, um, a homeowner to get four, five, six, seven, eight offers on one piece of property. And, uh, you know, it's about who comes in as the highest bidder, but it's also about who's ready to go and, and, and go through and, and, and move on to closing. And if suddenly you find yourself caught up in this, well, we've got to get our paperwork together, and I'm not sure where three months' worth of my pay stubs are and all this business, and suddenly you find yourself in that very awkward position where you can't perform, you're going to lose out not only on the house, you're also going to lose out on that down payment. And so... Having the ability to go in and know exactly that you're ready to go, your ducks are in row, and knowing exactly how much house you can afford, man, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And like I said, we don't want you going in, into the process blind, if you will. We don't want you going looking at homes thinking that you're, 
you'll be fine, everything's okay. And then, like you said, all of a sudden there's a hiccup down the road when you're already in contract. So we want to make sure that we qualify you um, for something that suits your needs, number one, um, and also falls into your budget. It's very important that you get yourselves on a budget for each and every month and that you're comfortable. So we don't like to go to the top end of your budget. Uh, we will if, if the circumstance calls for it because we want you to be comfortable with the payment. It's one thing qualifying, and it's another thing being comfortable with the payment so you're not living that paycheck to paycheck. You know, and that's so critically important, particularly today where, you know, in a market like the Bay Region where housing prices are as high as they are, that it's easy. You have an image in your mind as the kind of home you'd like to live in. Buy the house and find out now there's not enough money to take care of an emergency that comes along. Or you love the house, you just can't afford any furniture to go inside of it. So (laughs) making sure that there's that breathing room there is very important. And I I want to underscore something else, too, when it comes to the degree of of family-friendly customer service that you receive at United Faith Mortgage. Uh, your, your real estate agent is about finding you the right house and getting you in that house. The one that's going to make it happen, the one that really works the magic, is going to be your mortgage lender. They will be the ones that will eventually make sure that the financing is there so that that dream becomes reality for you. And so a lot of times we get cart before the horse. We start looking at houses. Then we call an agent. Then we go out and find the financing. You really want to do it in the reverse. Start with a relationship with the financing people. They're going to be the ones that make your dream come true. Once you've established that relationship, you've been pre-qualified, now you can go out and start shopping with confidence knowing that when you find that dream home, you'll be able to move, put in an offer, and hopefully go from the offer phase to the closing phase and having that uh, that first um, home open, uh, you know, get-together, that, uh, you know, the celebration with family and friends in your new home as quickly as possible. And United Faith Mortgage is there to help make that happen. Uh, Ryan, for folks that want to get more information, I guess the best way to reach out is just to uh, jump on to unitedfaithmortgage.com. Oh, definitely, yes. It's uh, Jump right on the website. It has all of our contact information there. And like I said, when you give us a phone call, um, you'll, uh, you'll either be speaking with my mother, Denise, or my Aunt Barbara. So um, right from the get-go, you'll, uh, you'll be happy. Um, you'll be speaking with them. They're going to go over everything in detail um, in the initial stages, obviously, and then I'll get it passed along to either myself or someone on my team um, to guide you through the rest of the way. Big enough to meet all of your lending needs, not so big that you're just a number. You're actually another person, and uh, that's the level of customer service that really makes the difference at United Faith Mortgage. So whether you're looking to become a first-time home buyer, you're buying up, buying down, or maybe just refinancing, take a little bit of money out for uh, you know college education for your kids, or take the dream vacation or or simply wanting to um, sort of buy down that loan and save some money, check them out online, unitedfaithmortgage.com. Don't forget, when you do so, you'll receive $500 back toward your appraisal fees. Check them out, unitedfaithmortgage.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, 
and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.